Indeed, what a day uh, it will be uh, for all of us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the varieties of music and the talent you've placed in this one church. And it's not just talent, it's a gift from above. And uh, we're grateful uh, for all who who bring us music and for all who work in the booth to make the sound and the slides just right, for the ushers who, who do so much, for security who's just checking out around the facilities while we meet. There's so many folks, Lord, that they work behind the scenes and, and work every week uh, to give us this worship service, and we're just so grateful uh, for each one. And we're grateful most of all that we can gather around your word, that all that we do, we, we're seeking to proclaim your word. And Lord, so I pray now that as we read your word, as it's proclaimed, that you just draw us deeper unto yourself, that you send us out uh, to be your witnesses uh, in the world. In Christ's holy name, amen. I'm going to read Matthew uh, 28. It's a uh, for most believers, it's a, it's a very uh, familiar passage. We know it very well. Um, it's a much more difficult passage, though, uh, to live uh, and to carry out each day. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, you know it as the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Thanks be to God for His holy word. Amen. Well, I want to begin this morning by giving credit where credit is due. Uh, much of what I'll share today, I've learned through the years through, through reading, and I've learned a lot recently in reading uh, Don Whitney's great book on spiritual disciplines uh, produced by or published by Nav Press. Uh, his book is just a blessing, and, and he shares so much more than, than I'll be able to share this morning. So I'd urge you, if you get a chance, to purchase that book and, and spend some time with it. He, he goes into a lot of the disciplines uh, of being a Christian and, and how do we walk with the Lord more closely. I'm also indebted to, the, to my college years and to the ministries of, of the Navigators and InterVarsity Press. Those two ministries discipled me and taught me a great deal about our topic today, namely witnessing 
evangelism. You know, there's really nothing greater in life than the honor of leading someone to Christ. There's really no greater honor in life. And yet for many of us, the moment we start speaking about evangelism, our palms get sweaty and we suddenly develop a, a bit of a nervous twitch. And if we can be honest with one another this morning, probably all of us would say, you know, I'm not as evangelistic as I should be. I don't witness as much as I should. But still the fact remains, folks, that you and I are expected to share the gospel. And in the simplest of terms, that's evangelism. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Telling the good news of Jesus. We may not all use the same methods, but all Christians are expected to share the gospel. We're expected to tell of the saving grace of Christ. If we relay the truth of God's salvation through Jesus, then we're evangelizing. Whether we speak it, write it, record it, whether we speak one-on-one or whether we speak to a crowd. And sharing the gospel, and you may not want to hear it, but it's not just for the, quote, professionals. It's for every Christian. Why do I say that? Well, because Jesus commanded it. The Great Commission again. Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mark 16, 15, Jesus commanded. He said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And these commands are not just for the apostles. They are for every follower of Jesus Christ. How do I know that? It's simple logic. As far as I know, the apostles never came to this nation. As far as I know, the apostles have never sat down in my living room. As far as I know, they've never been to my office, my school, or my church for that matter. If you and I don't share the gospel in those places, who will? It's simple logic. The calling is for all of us. And I know, I know we just finished studying spiritual gifts and some of you are going to say, oh yeah, but but some people have the gift of evangelism. I get it. Some people do. But we're all called to evangelism. Every one of us is called to be witnesses in our sphere of influence, wherever we live. So why are we so reluctant? Why are we so reluctant? Well, some say it's because I've never been trained. I agree. Uh, We should do a lot more training than we do. 
That's why we studied the book and the teaching series of Contagious Christian a couple years ago, because I really wanted us to begin talking about how can we be a contagious Christian? How can we just tell our story? That's also why I've again provided uh, in the pews and on the website just some, some popular methods for sharing the gospel. Uh, one is the Romans Road. The other is the bridge diagram. The bridge diagram happened to be the way I came to Christ as the navigators uh, shared uh, that diagram, that picture with me of, of how separated I was from God. I didn't copy the four spiritual laws. I also put it on our website. So certainly we can learn and we need some techniques and, and it's helpful to have a plan. But so much of what you're going to do witnessing, especially in today's environment, is going to happen spontaneously. It's going to happen when you're living life with other people, when you're one-on-one. -on -one. It's going to happen as the opportunity presents itself. Peter said, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Techniques can help. But part of it, folks, is for us to, to just be ready. To be ready to tell people what God has done in our lives. To tell people how the Lord has saved us. To, to tell people how, how much God's grace in Jesus, the difference it's made in our lives. If you've been doing the, the Scripture reading that I assigned uh, when, we, when we looked at the discipline of Scripture, then you've been reading in John. And you read the story of how Jesus healed a blind man in John chapter 9. So Jesus heals this man. And in a matter of just hours... This man who has encountered Jesus for the first time, this untrained, unscholarly man, goes and he teaches the scholars of his day, the scribes and the Pharisees. He goes and he tells them about Jesus with no training. He still didn't know a lot about Jesus. But one thing he knew, he knew I was blind, but now I see. One thing we know, beloved, is we were lost and now we're found. We know that much. And we can and should share that with others. I know sometimes we're also afraid to witness because we're, we're afraid of what they might think of us. I know that feeling. I do. I must admit, there's times when I've, I've held back instead of speaking up out of fear of what the other would think of me. I'm as guilty as you are uh, if you've done that. Sometimes we don't witness because we're confused. Because we, we think the only techniques for witnessing are, are, are to go door to door and to hand out gospel tracts or to, or to stand on the corner and to shout at people. But, but the truth is that kind of witnessing, well, I'm not sure it ever was very fruitful, but it certainly is not very fruitful in our day. People just aren't going to open their doors for you generally speaking. People don't relate to shouting. Your witnessing today is probably going to happen one-on-one -on -one as you spend time with people. 
as you have dinner with colleagues, as you hang out with your neighbor, as you get a chance to engage the waitress or the waiter. It's going to happen most likely one-on-one as you share life with those people, as you seize just some opportunities to talk about Jesus. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. I think one other reason why we're sometimes reluctant to share the gospel is because we're afraid we'll mess it up. We recognize the seriousness of the matter. We know that life and death, heaven and hell, hang in the balance. And we're worried that somehow we'll mess it up. That we'll somehow turn someone away from Jesus. I get it. I do. I worry about that as well. No one wants to feel like he or she is a stumbling block to someone. But I want you to think about it this way. How do you define success? What is success in evangelism? What is success in evangelism? Are we successful only when someone comes to Christ? I mean, that's what we hope will happen. That's what we're praying will happen. That's what we'd love to see happen, obviously. But did everyone Jesus encounter trust in Him and follow Him? I mean, what about the rich young ruler who would not leave behind all his wealth? What about the scribes and the Pharisees? Was Jesus a failure? I don't think so. And neither are we when we faithfully share the gospel, even even when someone turns away in unbelief. Our calling, beloved, is to be faithful to present the gospel and to leave the results up to Jesus. For Him to call those whom He's going to call. Yes, we should desire to share the gospel. Yes, we should share with great passion. Yes, we should share with sincerity. But the results are up to the working of the Holy Spirit, not you, not me. We should trust the Holy Spirit to call whomever the Holy Spirit's going to call. The gospel itself and the Holy Spirit are the power unto salvation, not our eloquent words. Not our presentation. Some will not trust. But we can be sure if we faithfully share Jesus with others, some will trust. Some will trust. So how do we share our faith? Well, many Christians are fond of saying, well, you know, I share my faith by my lifestyle. I live, live in such a way that, that people just know I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My lifestyle will point people to Christ, we say. And maybe our proof texts are ones like Matthew 5, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Or maybe we quote James, show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Perhaps the most often used quote is one attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. 
But here's the problem. It is necessary to use words. Letting your light shine and showing your faith by works was never meant to exclude using our words. Secondly, just so you know it, it's been pretty well proven that St. Francis of Assisi did not say preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. It's not found anywhere in his writings. Further, a book on his life by Mark Galley demonstrates that St. Francis did indeed speak a great deal of words to convince people about Jesus. The man preached in up to five villages per day. Often he stood on a bell of hay and preached the gospel, or he stood in a doorway and he preached the gospel. Galley refers to him as that strange but fiery little preacher from Galilee, from, <clears throat> excuse me, from Assisi. Please hear me. There's great value in living a good and godly life. And in fact, trying to share the gospel without living a good and godly life makes us hypocrites. But our lifestyle alone is not enough. In fact, one man tells a story about how he didn't come to Christ for a long time. And, and when he, he did, <laughs> uh, he told his boss about it. And his boss said, great, I, I, I'm a Christian too. He said, but I, I never told you about it. I, I just lived a godly life in front of you. And the man said, you know what that did? That did just the opposite for me. I thought if you could be good without Jesus, then I didn't need Jesus either. We got to speak up. We got to speak up. It's simply impossible to share the gospel of Christ without words. The gospel is inherently verbal. Don Whitney says it so well, and we have it here. And John, just leave that up for a while for people to see. The most powerful ongoing Christian witness has always been the speaking of God's word by one who is living God's word. The most powerful, ongoing Christian witness is the speaking of God's Word by one who is seeking to live God's Word. Let me attempt to illustrate this way. Have you ever been to the shopping center and, and you've been shopping all day and, and things are going well and, and you finished and, but, and you're really not hungry after you finished, but so you've decided, I'm just going to go on home and I'll fix something later at home. But then the smell comes from the steakhouse in the corner. Or maybe you're over at uh, Mayberry Mall when it was more active and the smell of barbecue at Little Richard's comes wafting across the parking lot. And suddenly you've got to have a steak or you've got to have barbecue. Let me ask you this. How disappointed would you be if you went into that steakhouse and the waitress said, oh, oh, we don't serve steak here. All we got is the smell. Our lifestyle is a little like that smell. It can draw people unto God. But at some point, folks, you've got to give them the steak. At some point, you've got to tell them about Jesus. You've got to open your mouth and talk about who He is and what He's done in your life and that the reason you live a good and godly life and, and the reason you try to live a, live a pleasing lifestyle 
is because of Jesus. You got to give them a reason for that hope that you and I have. So how do we do that? Let me just urge you to begin at home. Begin at home. Make sure your children and your grandchildren and your parents and your relatives understand that the reason you're who you are, the reason you're seeking to be honest and kind and a good person is because you've given your life to Christ. And that's who He wants you to be. It's not you just being good. It's because Christ has entered your life and you've surrendered unto Him. That's why you're living the way you live. Your faithful instruction at home, folks, is going to go a long way to training up and witnessing to the next generation of followers. Don't leave that only to the pastor and the Sunday school teacher. You instruct them at home. You tell them about Jesus and why you have that hope in your own homes. And then another way we can use words, and this is just a simple way that will work for you sometimes, particularly for people outside your home. Just ask the person, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? That one question has opened up so many doors to sharing about Jesus. People, a lot of times, even atheists will accept prayer. And it opens up a door for a conversation about why you pray and who you believe in. You believe in Christ. And trust me, you know enough to tell people about Jesus. You may not believe it, but you know enough to tell people what Christ has done in your life. That's your personal witness. That's your personal testimony. People can't refute it. And it's often so powerful when you just tell people what Christ has done in your life. And then when the, the conversation leads to, well, how do I trust in Christ? You can do it. I know sharing your faith is intimidating. I get it. It is for me sometimes. But I want to ask you this morning to believe two truths. Believe these two things I'm, I'm about to tell you. First of all, if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. That means dwelling in you, you have earth-shaking power. You have power dwelling in you that can convict any sinner if the Holy Spirit chooses to do so. You have power dwelling in you that gives you the power to share your faith. And second, if you've trusted in Christ and you've been in a, in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and I hope that's the case here, then, then you know enough to share the basics of the gospel. You do, folks. You don't think you do, but you do. You know enough to tell them that, that we've all sinned. You know enough to tell people that, that their sin has, has built a wedge between us and God, a great divide because God's so holy. You know enough to tell them that, that our sin leads to eternal death. But here's the good news. That God in Jesus Christ has provided the answer. That if we trust in Jesus and His death on the cross, we will be forgiven of our sins and will live eternally. You know enough to do that. You can probably say it more eloquently than I did. 
We can do this, folks. We can. And in case you get stuck, I've given you a handout on the Romans road. Uh, it's a very simple way to, to walk someone through the book of Romans. Uh, to let them know how they've been separated from God and how they can trust in Christ. I've also given you a, a, the bridge diagram. You know, when I, when I first started sharing the Romans road and I was so nervous about it, uh, I've even recently uh, marked it in this Bible. <laughs> but I knew that, that that testimony began in Romans 3 verse 10. And so be, beside of Romans 3 verse 10, I wrote the reference Romans 3 verse 23. And then when I got to Romans 3, verse 23, I wrote the reference Romans 5, verse 8. And when I got to 5, verse 8, I had written Romans 6, 23. And then at Romans 6, 23, I had written Romans 10, 9, and, and 10, and then 13. <laughs> that way, if in my nervousness I just forgot what I was supposed to say, it was right there in my Bible. And you guys, a lot of you have Bible apps that will let you make notes. You can note that stuff right there. If you're if you're serious and you want to be disciplined, you can take a, a picture uh, of the bridge diagram and have it on your phone. I put the PDFs on the website. You can download them and have them on your phones. My point is, is we can do this. It, it just takes discipline to have those conversations. And trust me, I'm preaching to Danny today. There's only one finger pointing at you, but there's a lot more pointing back. We're, we're all in this to share our faith, to be more open about it. You can do this, and, and it's probably going to happen in the circle of people you already know. It's not going to be me asking you to go out on the streets or somewhere. Perhaps that's your calling, but for most of us, it's going to happen at home, at work, at school, at the dinner table as we're going out to eat, as we're hanging out on the beach with people, as we're on the boat at the lake, it's going to happen in all those kind of places. Remember what Don Whitney said. The most powerful ongoing Christian witness has always been the speaking of God's Word by someone who is living God's Word. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, this sermon is so much easier to preach than it is to live. It's so much easier to, to stand up here and give the folks the how-tos and the what-fors. But to live it? Well, you know I'm preaching to Danny as well. Actually, your word's preaching to Danny as well. You know how I and probably everyone in this place has been timid sometimes. You know the times when, when we've been silent and, and we should have spoken up. You, you know the times also when we've lashed out and, and that wasn't very helpful and we, we should have listened more carefully and we should have been more compassionate in our response. We, we automatically went on the defensive. In fact, that's one of my sins, Lord. Lord, you, you know where we've been complacent about proclaiming the gospel. 
So we're asking that you forgive us, that you help us to put the past in the past, and that you empower us today. Remind us again today that if we're born again, we have earth-shaking power dwelling in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, remind each one of us that we can share the hope we have. We can simply ask people, how can we pray for you? Remind us. Remind us, oh Lord, that we can share just in simple words how you've changed our lives. Oh Lord, by your Holy Spirit, empower us to proclaim the good news of your love in Jesus Christ. To your glory, O oh God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and in Christ's name we pray, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and, and give you His peace today and forevermore. Amen.